0: something about being able to really speak up mm. and speak your truth in a skillful way not in a harsh aggressive way um, we need more female leaders more luminary leaders and more women who who can really sense see, and feel understand groups and work out the different types of energies at play and know how to um, not gain the best but how to work with what they've got in front of them in a room of people You know, Mm. that horrible expression of working the room is actually working with the energies in the room and you know just all these people have come to the party how can we all work together how can we all have fun and get the best out of everyone Mm. rather than that competitive edge which is you know hopefully gone. Well, it's not gone. Can't we all work together in the hive? You know, I yeah. always bring it back to the bees. Why can't we all work together for the mm. good of all?
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Psychical Living Podcast, a podcast that will inspire and empower you to live your full, cyclical, soulful life. I am your host, Dara Deuce, and I am here to help you be your most embodied self. I am a holistic health coach, body worker, herbalist and priestess of the Avalon Rose lineage. I am here to assist women and men to come back to their natural pace, following the rhythms of their body and nature around them so that they can open up to their deepest layers rooted in pleasure and soul purpose. Enjoy this episode my love. Angie Tweedle is a therapist, healer, yoga teacher, doula, beekeeper and priestess with over 20 years of healing experience. She blends together the combination of practical and grounded experiences in the working world together with a magical, liminal life of living in the wilds of Exmoor. Welcome, everyone, on this new episode of the Cyclical Living Podcast with Angie. Welcome so much, and I'm really happy to have you on. Um, yeah, I am currently studying with Angie. I'm doing her womb apprenticeship um, training, which is a year and a day. And we've just started. We just opened the portal um, literally, I think, two weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. And already I can feel the depth, the integrity, and the power of this beautiful wise woman. Um, yeah, I was I was in awe, and and, and with the the uh, meditations, like the audio journeys, I was like, wow, this the quality and the depth. It was beautiful. So I'm so happy to be walking this path with you, and I'm really happy to welcome you on the podcast for this no. episode.
0: Thank you so much, Sarah. It's it's really lovely to be invited. I don't do many of these. Um, so it's lovely that you have invited me and to share this out into the world is, is what it's all about. So thank you, darling.
1: Yeah, indeed. Um, so we had your brief introduction, but maybe if you want to just uh, share a little bit about you and uh, who you are. For yeah, where, I, are, where I am now
0: in yeah, my life, what I'm exactly. doing now. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, I live in the wilds of Exmoor which is a very primordial ancient land in the southwest of the UK it's about two hours from Glastonbury and here as you can see where I'm sitting now this is my healing temple space and I see clients here one-to-one for womb trauma so that's anything from from this lifetime and past lives and mother line to do with any trauma held within the womb and they're, they're deep deep sessions and this space is also held for making products. So I don't even see behind me all those things up there. Well, not all of them, most of them. <laughs> Goddess energy sprays, anointing oils, the only steam herbs, all that mm. sort of thing I create here. Um, and I'm a sacred beekeeper. So that basically means I have, well, I've kept bees and not kept bees on and off for, mm. least 15 years Mm -hmm. and they're one of my familiars so the message of the bee is really important and they they help me they're my guides they come Mm -hmm. into to all the womb work so anything to do with wombs and bees i'm i'm your lady (laughs) amazing that i just see like the visual of a a
1: womb full dripping in honey
0: (laughs) yeah i actually I actually did a um, a be Oracle deck reading for a client this morning, and we were down in her womb and it was dripping with honey. So it's exactly you're there. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> amazing.
1: yeah, it looks really inviting as well. the the workspace where you have it, all the herds and the potions and and all the yeah. stuff on there. it looks so beautiful. Um, yeah, so this podcast is called the cyclical living podcast and i usually start with asking what cyclical living means to you because it is a very ancient thing i feel it's as ancient as our planet but somehow humans have forgotten it a little bit and i feel like this podcast has the intention of re um yeah breathing new life in through that ancient concept And I love to ask uh, the speakers who are coming on what it means for you. What is cyclical living? What does that bring up for you?
0: It brings everything because I make the assumption that everyone follows the seasons. Everyone follows the pulse of life and the ebb and flow of the moon, of our bodies, our womb, the sun and the moon, but no, they don't. So it's just fascinating that you've asked me that question um, because everything is cyclical to me Mm -hmm. Um, and cyclical living with nature with Gaia with mother earth what she offers the foods the sleep patterns my biorhythms everything is cyclical thank goodness and i don't think i could live anywhere that um, was the same all the year round i mean Mm. we really have extreme seasons here Um, and noticing the changes. I keep a record of my bee journal of what plants are out, when they come out, where the bees are going. Um, mm. And global warming is affecting them, absolutely. And now it's what, the 18th of October and being outside, it's warm, mm. my, just looking outside now, my black cat is sleeping outside on one of our chairs. She should, should be in by the fire this time of year. Mm. So the cycles of nature are changing, as we all know, for so many different reasons. Um, Yeah. So cyclical living, in its most um, basic form, is just going back back to the old, old ways, grandmother's ways, of buying and eating and growing what's in season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Simple, simple living, simple life. Um, That's what it means to me. Yeah. Yeah, I hear
1: that. I, I hear um, right now, I'm eating a lot of nuts from mm-hmm. straight out of like the tree that you've just gathered yourself and I'm drinking apple juice from the apple tree and it just, it gives so much joy to like go so close and that is something that many of us have forgotten. And even funnily mm-hmm. enough, sometimes, you know, when when the apples just before the apples were on the tree, and I was with my partner and we wanted apples and I said, let's go pick them. And he says like, no, no, that's disgusting. Let's go buy them in the supermarket. I was just like, what? Like, where do you think those apples came from? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, so to me, honestly, that is actually a big part of like um, grief as well, is that we can feel, we can be so separated from it. But I feel like the work that you are doing and um, my intention as well is to really reweave that back. And maybe can you speak to that? How we can reweave?
0: Um, yeah. That well, for a bit? for women, for women, it's really simple to follow mm-hmm. your own moon cycle, your moon blood. Yeah. And, and again, the number of women who don't track their cycles, and in this this day and age, there's so many apps, technologies mm-hmm. there to help you. you know, I can remember for years just writing in my diary when when my moon was coming and making sure I had rest time that I wasn't mm. busy then so taking time out to rest in the, in that month that moon cycle to really honor it and over the whole year as we get the equivalent of it is to to go into a hibernation time over winter into our dream time mm. so we can do very simple things on a small scale in a month and then the overview of the year and then also the overview of our lives you know where I'm I've gone through the threshold into menopause actually shifting into a different energy again Mm. Um, not the full-on full moon 30 year old you know age group i'm now in the 50 year old queen edge of crone really elder Um, and that really is a different pulse
1: Mm. and
0: i'm loving it (laughs) (laughs) i'm loving it i'm so lucky to be alive to get this far you know, so many sisters have died before they get to my age. So what a blessed life to to live. And I want to live it as consciously and in rhythm and in tune with my body, what my body needs. Mm Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, can you speak a little bit about how you're loving that transition into the queen crone years? Because especially when we're talking about menopause, there is also a big shadow on that, um, where, the majority mainstream sees it as like oh no terrible the youth is gone oh no getting old yeah. i personally also i love you know old and, and the wisdom and and i feel like there's there's also a, in my eyes freedom that comes with going over there's like less ex, you expect less from yourself to be or to fit in and you just are i i feel oh. like i see that how do you experience
0: that Yeah, I experience it. I mean, when you when you're younger, everything is about how you look, (laughs) (laughs) because that's we've been brought up in patriarchy. We've been brought up to look, you know, outward appearance is very important, and I see it still in in social media these days. You know, how many crones do you see advertising their stuff on Instagram? Not many, because Mm. you know, everything is how you look. So for me coming into the crone years there's a freedom that actually you can relax of course you want to still look nice but you don't have to feel as though you're pressured by how you look there's something about being the truth of who you are so this this is me on this afternoon yeah here I am (laughs) I don't have to worry about lipstick or curling my hair or straightening my hair or you know what bra have I got on today I've got no bra on great fantastic (laughs) because I don't give a shit <laughs> I can be totally me and that is the crone and on the shadow side of the crone aspect it's as though a lot of our elders are away in nursing homes or they've got dementia there's like this veil that comes down mm. and they're sort of unspoken and unseen mm. so for the healthy crone archetype there is, has to be an honouring and a shift of, of how we treat our elders. Mm-hmm. and how our elders actually behave as well so it's both ways yeah um, mm-hmm. so yeah healthy crone and a healthy elder um, yeah. is there to serve still to still serve and be part of the community for all the wisdom held within and as you know with the womb blood we stop bleeding mm-hmm. and many cultures see that okay you're not in the rhythm of your moon cycle but you're in the energetics mm-hmm. so the, the, the pausing and the depth, the, the, the going into the cave is there, for sure. Mm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Sounds so powerful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I'm loving it. I'm yeah. absolutely loving it. Yeah. It's, and then you forget uh, things, that, that the ability to forget, mm. you, know, you walk into a room, I was like this when I was pregnant, you, you'd call it baby brain, you know, you'd forget, oh, what am I in this room for? <laughs> but in your menopause, yes, it's the same, you walk into a room and even if you've, you know, why am I in this room? What, what, what am I doing in here? And it's okay. It doesn't really matter. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's okay. I think that's a big one that people
1: can repeat to themselves. Like, don't beat yourself up. If, if you forget something, it's fine. Just <laughs> go on. And if it's yeah. important enough, it will come back. Exactly. And trust that. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Mm. I think we put too much pressure on ourselves. And society definitely puts a lot of pressure yeah. on us as women mm. at whatever stage in life. So yeah, be kind to yourself. You yeah, know. yeah. I think there has to be a strong um, sense of self to really come through all these different initiations and stages, and there aren't enough initiations into womanhood. Yeah, you know. Mm, We've indeed. talked about the crone, but obviously the menarche, yeah,
1: that's the first bleed. Yeah,
0: queen. Mm. You know, the queen has been ignored or seen as the shadow queen. Yeah. Um, Maybe so there's just- a. L- yeah, Lots to, of work around
1: that. Yeah, for sure. Maybe just to say like the queen for people who are listening, who are like, oh, what, what's that? Um, <laughs> menarchy would be the beginning, the first bleeds, and, and the younger period of I times. Th- I don't know if I still am, I, I consider myself a maiden, but that's already way past menarchy, but that would be still like more at the beginning side of things. And then the motherhood, well, it depends also where you dwell. It's It's so personal as well but then you have the mother stage, then you have the queen stage, which mm. was still with bleeding, but maybe also perimenopause can come up at the end. Mm. And then the crone, which is menopause. But I also feel that women who physically have been in menopause can also very much be in that queen stage, not yet oh, in crone, because
0: yeah, so I mean, I, I, I've got a six year old granddaughter who is a wise old soul. Yeah. So she carries the crown energy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And where you said you feel maiden, you're still a maiden. I mean, yeah. Obviously that, that's, that's the energy you carry at this phase in your life, your yeah. maidenness. Mm-hmm. And my daughter Jess is like that too. She's very maiden and it's yeah. lovely.
1: Yeah, It's lovely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It depends also on what day. Some days you feel more maiden, some days you feel more
0: yeah. prone and it's like,
1: <laughs> yeah. But like in general, life stages and, and why yeah, it's, yeah, that's really beautiful. In
0: general, it's all, all part of that ebb and flow mm-hmm. and, you know, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself and put yourself in a box. No. You know, it's... we're all different and that's the freedom and the joy of being a woman. Mm-hmm. We're multifaceted. We really, really are. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it... Made me think of something where you say that going through these initiations um, requires a kind of personal strength and this is where I feel like the work with the womb work and all that kind of stuff and, and, and facilitators offering rites of passage once more is such a key because if we're in community, which is how it used to be, they become less challenging I feel you, you feel more heard, you feel more, there's maybe also more um, space and respect. Just another friend was speaking to me how she is going into corporate um, businesses, speaking about menopause. And so that the worker, like the environment can also facilitate space for the woman. And the woman can also understand like, okay, I'm going through this phase and there's like a, the community holds
0: people through this exactly exactly and and it is a phase it's not a disease yes there are symptoms but puberty is not a disease first Mm -hmm. blood isn't a disease (laughs) neither is menopause I mean it's great it's out there in the mainstream and it's wonderful that um you're sharing about your friend taking that out into different businesses Mm -hmm. and finally 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 this you know it's it's the time the time of the crone (coughs) excuse me
1: Can you speak to that? Why why do you say like it's the time of the crone?
0: Uh, I think it was what what the Dalai Lama said, you know, it's the Western woman, the elder elder Western woman who will change the world. Um, There's something about being able to really speak up Mm. and speak your truth in a skillful way, not in a harsh, aggressive way. Um, We need more female leaders, more luminary leaders and more women who who can really sense see and feel understand groups and work out the different types of energies at play and know how to um, not gain the best but how to work with what they've got in front of them in a room of people you know Mm. that horrible expression of working the room is actually working with the energies in the room and you know just all these people have come to the party. How can we all work together? How can we all have fun and get the best out of everyone Mm. rather than that competitive edge, which is, you know, hopefully gone. Well, it's not gone. Can't we all work together in the hive? You know, I always bring it back to the bees. Why can't we all work together for the Mm. good of all? And if not now, if we don't do that now, the state of mother earth, the guy, you know, I have to watch that place in me as a crone. Well, any of the archetypes within me, that that deep whirlpool of despair. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Where have we reached the tipping point of it's too late? Mm. And, you know, for my grandchildren, I want them to see the butterflies. I want them to see the mushrooms and the orchids and everything that's out there, the beauty, the diversity. Um, So, yeah, it's a very ache deep ache when you know we got this conference one year we had a whole list up on the screen of different plants and animals going into extinction mm. as we were working on this the red list and it's shocking it's yeah. shocking to know what we're losing minute by minute
1: mm. yeah indeed and it baffles me how it's right now there's still you know <laughs> we're still doing it I, with, with all the awareness that there is and i feel like i feel a big part of it is because we also speak about the environment something out there nature yeah. out there but it is not that's why I, I just had a discussion with my father yesterday which was a little bit in that despair and I completely honor like I, I I'm, I'm completely like acknowledged I was in my shadow because we were watching a nature documentary in Africa and it was all the beautiful side and I just kept thinking like oh but it's almost almost gone and you, you know um, and we had a discussion about how they should uh, you know, replant uh, the rainforest and all that. And I feel like, yes, and the forest here in Belgium or in Europe or in in North America, they also provide air. They also do all that stuff and we also need it. So it's not just the rainforest. It's also right outside our doorstep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And bringing it back to the very beginning of what we were talking about, about the cycles, Yeah. the Mother Earth Gaia, has her own cycle, mm. her own development and pulse and life, death and rebirth. Mm. So in the chaos of it all, I'm sure she will. She will survive. Yeah. It will be. Will, will humans survive?
1: Yeah.
0: And if we don't survive, then another species will will come in. Yeah. So keep. You know, for me, I have to keep expanding out and out and out with okay i'm just like this tiny little grain of sand within the whole of the cosmos trying to do my bit because otherwise it can become all encompassing i think that's all we can do we can all do our bits Mm -hmm. as well as we can yeah
1: Yeah. i think that's even um something that you wrote in the womb apprenticeship is changing the world one womb at a time Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah Maybe speak yeah. to that a bit because I feel like this is sure this segues into that massively.
0: <laughs> it's so funny because um, that expression really came from teaching other therapists mm. and literally teaching womb healing in, it, in its different guises that I do. Mm. Um, so that's shamanic womb massage, healing with tuning forks womb wrapping sacred anointing all these different skills of the feminine arts i teach to therapists and if we can help heal one woman's womb and then that womb will then be or hopefully she'll be in no pain she'll be in balance her pulse of life will be restored but any new souls any babies coming through that womb Mm. how amazing to be birthed through a healed womb rather than a womb carrying trauma and pain whether it's the mothers or come through the mother line carried through or ancestral past life so that's what i mean um healing the world one womb at a time is those new souls that are being born through wombs that aren't carrying trauma they've got a new template you know they are born born into innocence. They are innocent. Well, we all are born into innocence, but they carry that. That's there completely fresh as it should be. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah. I got chills. Yeah. That's feels really powerful indeed. Mm, yeah it is
0: and the men can do the work too you know the mm-hmm. whole womb awakening wave of work is not just for women no women, women step into it and show up
1: and <laughs> magnetise.
0: <laughs> be magnetize because we have to do the work because we're the womb carriers but the men can do the harder work and every year there are a handful of men whereas there are hundreds of women mm-hmm. so yeah again let's let's wait for the tipping point where the men and the women are equal that would be mm-hmm. amazing
1: yeah, 100%. Whether I, I like... see
0: that in my lifetime, I don't know. But it's my prayer that they do come.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, with with the rapidity on things, that things are shifting, it can go quick, you know. It can yeah. go quick. <laughs> Let's hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm rather optimistic on that. <laughs> uh-huh. No, but I feel that with the men, um, where I I started to open up my coaching uh also for men i used to only want to work with women on their cycle menstrual cycle and all Mm. that and now i've opened it up to men as well but i've noticed that every all of the things are so easily translated to the men and instead of womb space you just say hara or pelvic floor and there's just as much power for men in that space and in that groundedness and all that as there is with women
0: exactly i mean there's a i mean the womb medicine wheel is what i work with and there's the hara medicine wheel mm. so it's all there all that information and wisdom has been carried through and it's ready for them to step in and learn yeah. so it's great that you're you're working with men absolutely well yeah. done <laughs> and that's great you know so in that i i don't see competition between therapists i just see love and help and kindness and the next wave and, and if it is the generation your generation who are reaching out and helping the men and that's fantastic
1: mm, yeah maybe there's a little bit less shame in my generation i'm not 100 mm-hmm. percent sure why i say this but i kind of i mean it, especially on the it, menstrual mm-hmm. cycle for example and, and talking about that mm-hmm. there are obviously um, people like you and all that. But we, we spoke about the elders and how they are like in, now I'm, I'm like skipping a little bit, like a generation even beyond. Um, but I actually work, my, my part-time job is in this elder uh, home space. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed with them, it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of shame. They cannot speak about that whatsoever without completely like shriveling up and be like oh no it's bad it's terrible and in your generation there's less you've kind of freed afterwards more and i feel in my generation maybe like more layers and layers of transformation i
0: I think for me personally um i think women's spaces have been hard fought so thinking of red tents women's circles that sort of thing Mm -hmm. Um, your audience if they're not familiar that really is is a place that a starting place really for a lot of women into womb work and into yeah. healing and to the goddess yeah. um our women's red tents so that was a hugely important part of my work when i lived in glastonbury setting up the red tents and running them there um and it is womb work so that is a women's only space and of course you then get the um, the the right that yes it is my space it is a woman's space a womb bearers a womb carrier space so where where's the men's space mm-hmm. and anything in between that you know that's another whole conversation and a lot of women older than me are have very fixed views very fixed um, and depends on the work you know depends on the work for me what I'm doing whether it is a women's only womb carrier space yeah. or others are invited in as well. But the conversations need to be had. They mm-hmm. really do need to be had.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And I feel with women's only work is just as important. So I also offer women's circles and um, just women because I'm aware that a lot of women who are just starting their path and diving into their womb need that safe space. And even for me, even for me, exactly. I with my priestess trainings, it's just women. And it's that remembrance of those deep feminine mysteries that we need that safety. And then, yes, the man has his space in there. But, yeah. but first, let's just, just say-
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's and, and it's, there's huge past life wounding from the fall of the temples when the temples were desecrated by men. Um, you know, the fall, they literally torn down and we had to leave the temples. That is a huge wounding, a huge, deep, ancient imprint in a lot of women, mm. and there's a huge piece of work work around that to be able to um, overcome that and move through it to be seen as a priestess, if that's the word, and the lineage you're claiming. You know, it's it's a powerful punchy word, as is witch, mm-hmm. you know, as is druidess. You know, all those words I interweave in my work. Um, depending on who I'm talking to and what feels right for me in the moment. Um, but yeah, priestess in particular. Um, does it mean princess? Does it mean? Or does <laughs> no, it not? Mean- oh, well, yeah. There, there
1: may be some
0: princess-
1: <laughs> princesses out there. But- yeah, exactly. Because I was like, who hmm, Not but the no, same to me. No, priestess no. is, yeah, it's like that feminine leader. Um, yeah,
0: deep, deeply sacred and, woman and in very service. mystical. Yeah. yeah, in service devotion. to yeah, yeah,
1: totally. Yeah, to the goddess. Can you speak a little bit about the goddess work that you're doing and the devotion? I know it's 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 a whole Pandora <laughs> box there.
0: <laughs> Give there us a little is, bit. <laughs> there is. Um, what? How I came to goddess or how how I work with her? Mm, whatever you, want you want feel like. Where you feel oh. like being pulled? What
1: what the goddess wants you to share?
0: yeah well i i can remember coming quite late i wish i had known all about goddess at school i wish i had been taught you know luckily i had a grandmother my grandmother taught me about herbs and reading tea leaves and the mystical magical side of things but not about goddess Mm. um so when i was in my adult years i actually went to glastonbury goddess conference with a friend we both ran the kent goddess temple then and I can remember sitting, listening to different speakers, crying with, oh, you know, just deep joy, but then feeling really angry that I hadn't learned, been taught this. This wasn't my lived experience in this lifetime. And, you know, I then went on to, to train with different priestess trainings. So it's a huge part of my life. So the goddesses that really influence me, Um, are the ones that I've had deep connection with through my womb work. Mm. And they have been um, called to me when I've travelled actually, when I've travelled to different sacred sites and an experience has happened there, either a remembering or a deep healing or I've done ceremony and something has been activated. So that's the beauty of travelling and going on sacred pilgrimage tours. Um, So that's happened to me in South America in Peru Hmm. and specifically with the main goddess Ischel, medicine woman. Um, So I trained to be a doula, a birth doula and when um, there's been difficulties she comes through, she's there with me and I pray to her, call to her Hmm. and when I'm working with clients with their trauma it's normally Isis, the great queen Isis of Egypt and her veiled darker sister who's the lesser name, known or nepsis. Mm. So the light and the dark, the balance of the two, I um, work very intrinsically and deeply with those two goddesses. And of course Rhiannon who is, well not of course Rhiannon, the goddess of love, she's a Welsh goddess, Um, who I'm dedicated to. I I trained um, for three years working with Rhiannon. And she's a sacred sexual priestess. And her lineage um, is weaved into the Magdalene lineage, is weaved into Inanna, Aphrodite, the goddesses of love, it's the path of love, Mm. and the Magdalene. and that is, for me, the beauty of that. those Magdalene energies at the end of a treatment, the magic happens, just pausing and that soft descending energy comes in. And that's when women tend to cry. And that's just, there's beauty in the room, there's love in the room, there's holding in that temple space. So that's on a, on a daily basis, those are the goddesses I, I work with but specifically right here, right now, it's interesting. We've been talking about the crone each year as a ceremonialist for the Glastonbury goddess conference, we work with a particular energy. So last year it was the queen, this year it's the other world crone. And I'm really being called to work with it. You can see in the background, my Raven wings Mm. on my altar. So I'm particularly working with the North ancestors. And the mists, the elements of the mist, because living here on Exmoor, the mist well, same as in Avalon, the mists roll in, but it's the mists and the edge places that we can't see. So going back to being veiled and mm. not seen, mm-hmm. not speaking, because I don't know if you've spoken in a, in a mist and a fog, the voices, you're not sure which direction they're coming in. So that that's all weaved into the energy that I'm working with right now. Mm.
1: Yeah, beautifully. It, the way that you speak about the mist and like the dark crone goddess, it reminds me of um, the first goddess dedication that I did was to the morrigan and the nine-faced morrigan, and it was at the time of Sowyn, so right now, um, and, and I was invited to walk the land in the dark, which I usually don't do because, you know, being like in the patriarchy, don't go outside yeah. in the dark. And I've noticed how if you walk in the dark and the mist come up and there's so much peaceness and stillness. And like you say, like the sounds, everything shift. It's like a whole mm-hmm. different dimension. And yeah. to me, that just felt like, oh, this is the energy that the morrigan carries. It's like
0: that. Yeah chrome it's that stem. magical magical liminal space where yeah. all your senses are just heightened aren't they just, yeah yeah
1: just same with, yeah same with in the, the the menstruation like when, when you're bleeding it's like that also you can also tap into those yeah rounds. completely, yeah. completely. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful powerful and yeah. i was hmm, okay maybe let's I have two things that I kind of want to ask. I will start with the first, when you were speaking about the goddesses of love and Aphrodite and um, Rhiannon, I got the feeling like the bees there, is there something between the goddess of love and the bees or was there, because I kind of felt that or is it something coming up or, or how do you feel that as you know? a priestess of the bees. I was, I was working with the bees for fifteen years already.
0: Mm. Well well <laughs> do you know how, how a lot of people are really scared of bees? And they you know just That to me is like oh huh, <laughs> yeah but yeah freak they freak out, they freak, out. They mm. freak out because they think they're gonna be stung. Mm. So there's something that they're teaching us, you know, if if you're calm and loving and in that vibration of love, if you're being kind then there's no need for them to sting. So they're teaching us to slow down and be loved. Mm. You know, the number of times bees do just come and s- to sit on me, you know, just wherever <laughs> I am, bees are around me, um, which is lovely. You know, it's that vibration. It's going back to that vibration of love. Mm. So that's the connection. That's the thread. It's the unseen energetic, of the bees flying from flower to flower, pollinating, making love with every flower they go to. And as a, as a priestess, hopefully, you know, I sow those seeds or open people up to love, love of themselves, really self love, self care, rather than being in the whole judgment and unkindness and harshness that is in the world we just need more kindness actually more kindness and compassion and love
1: yeah 100 percent eat more honey
0: (laughs) (laughs) but proper honey local honey Mm -hmm. not crap honey
1: yeah 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 definitely um beautiful and how so anyone who's listening right now who's like oh wow inviting in more love, doing some wound work. Um, You spoke about also healing those um, shadows of the past, all that stuff, which I feel like inviting in more love is healing the shadows. To me, it's like the same, you know? It's like you do one, you get the other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So anyone who's listening who's like, hmm, how I want to start that or i'm already on the path but i want to deepen more what would you say to them and i know it's very vague
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i i keep things really simple mm. really simple have a have a place a devotional place have an altar yeah have an altar a power place that the energy can build that you can even just have two or three minutes every day to connect yourself to yourself Mm. so the whole thing of priestessing is to be aligned to be centered with all the chaos you're like in the eye of the storm yeah yeah so you're rooted and grounded which is fantastic but also can can travel up and Mm. connect to the stars um and you see all different types of people you know the airy fairy who are out of their body the whole time disassociate but we need to be both we need to be able to travel and route yes. so having a, an anchor a place where you can do a simple daily devotion which might be calling in might be singing mm. <laughs> might be chanting mm. um, so yeah weave a yoga practice in we've chi gunging we've dancing whatever gives you joy you'll do it we don't need to be told to do more things you know there's too much dogma in the world i mean god i was brought up with too much dogma how things should be done.
1: Yeah.
0: So find your own way, find your own way that gives you joy, your own way that opens you up, um, to crack you open so you can feel. Mm. So, you know, for me it's music, 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 sound, vibration, always um, allows me to express myself and feel. So being in the body, staying in the body, yeah. that's what I'm always aiming to do, especially with trauma work for myself and others, being in the body. So, yeah, finding a practice where you can light your candles, attune to scent. Different scents can help take you and travel and journey. Journal, journal, journal. Right, right, right. Good old morning pages if you haven't discovered that. Just a mind dump of whatever's going on up here. You don't need to carry it with you the whole day. Just mm. let it out. <laughs> Does it work though? <laughs> Because I've
1: heard that practice a lot and I feel some resistance towards that practice because I was like, if I'm going to write it down, it's going to become bigger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, if you see it as writing it down and that's you just letting it out, it's Mm. just an outlet. Yeah. maybe it's too much of an not an academic a mind thing for you maybe mm. it just doesn't suit you so that's fine it doesn't suit you that's okay yeah Don't yeah, go yeah. There.
1: Mm. yeah um, i hear that really follow the desire that's also what i yeah. always say because i feel like especially in spiritual practice which to me this is mm. it's supposed to be joyful i mean yeah we can go through all kinds of emotions but the essence Really, like joy and desire, should be present, or should well, though, no. yeah. <laughs> can be present, so that you actually want to do it, and it's and it's nice yeah. to do it, and, and then then exactly. you'll feel good.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's, for me, there's nothing nicer than lighting a candle, putting on some incense, putting on some music and just sounding and being in that space. That's a devotional space that gives me joy.
1: Yeah, I hear that for me, same and also pulling cards. I love pulling Oracle
0: (laughs) cards
1: (laughs) and the colors and the the beautiful words. all the senses and stuff yeah
0: <laughs> so have you got your yoni, yoni oracle card deck?
1: i have and actually yeah. i've been wanting to pull a card before our, our talk but then you know there was the, the the time kind of flew by so maybe should shall we end let's with do them? it
0: you you do the only oracle and i'm gonna get the bees out oh yes yes <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> should, should we have have um it's just to pull one for the moment now okay all right, for the yeah. next moon. What do you fancy? What should we do? Um, well, I'm a moon girl. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: would say moon. Okay.
0: So for the <laughs> next moon. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. So I pulled a card that people might be quite surprised. It's from the bee from the oracle deck. And it's the ninth card in the deck, wasps. Ooh. So where we were talking about bees earlier and how their love and kindness, wasps carry the energy of irritation and anger. So for the next moon, what this card is saying is watch out for that energy within yourself, but also with others around you. So it can make you feel that you're under attack or being manipulated or angers arising. So be careful for the next moon for any, or be aware, increase your awareness in any situations around that. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah. I feel the importance of the grounding at the altar. Yeah, beautiful. Well, that's good to know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting because not everything, we we need to embrace the shadow. This is the shadow. Exactly, yeah. So Mm -hmm. we have to have awareness of it all. It's not all honeyed love. Exactly, exactly.
1: And it fits because we've been speaking about the darker goddesses as well. Sure. You know, the (laughs) Morgan, she carries shadow and and others. And you spoke about Nephthys, the sister of Of Isis. Of course, the darkness. Yeah. So the card I pulled was from the Yoni Oracle cards deck. And I pulled one of the crones. (laughs) Yes. Yoni of the 13 moons. Beautiful artwork. I love this artists' work. Um, I will just read it. You are experiencing cyclic changes that will enhance your life, embrace them. A new phase is about to be embarked upon. A key in your time uh, a key time in your life where a period of transformation awaits. A year is to pass, to complete, to come to fruition. Is there something you feel compelled of letting go of? Now is the time to feel into how you can do so. Trusting your body's messages, setting the intentions to create what is aligned with your heart and yoni. What what actions can you take to get your life to where you want it to be? Imagine a doorway and as you step through it, you leave behind all that no longer resonates. Mm yeah beautiful and then the last thing is um she said in this journey call upon mother maiden um enchantress and crone the shadow and the light and embrace it all
0: (laughs) i think that's a really perfect card when we've been talking about the cycles Mm -hmm. and of the 13 moons talking about the cycle of the whole year yeah
1: yeah
0: Seeing the bigger picture of it all—it's beautiful.
1: Exactly, and especially because we've been so deep in that feminine mystery and resurfacing, like that womb work, thirteen, and the thirteen moons, thirteen grandmothers. I'm working with the—I'm—I'm I'm being guided with the thirteen grandmothers as we speak.
0: So I think oh. it's really beautiful.
1: <laughs> they, they show up.
0: <laughs> they do. They do.
1: There's yeah. so many
0: layers. We're so blessed. Yeah. I'm so blessed with this work.
1: Mm, yeah. Thank you so much for this beautiful, beautiful conversation. Um, and for people who want to work with you, who want to maybe people who want to come in person or, or online, or what? How can they find you? Where can they find you? And
0: yeah, what are find, your offers? Mm. They find me on Facebook, Instagram, my website. Uh, probably the website is the most simple one: sanctuaryofsophia.co.uk. So. Mm. Why Sophia? Sure. Sophia, for me, is the goddess of truth and mm. wisdom. She's mm. the overarching goddess, so she holds my sanctuary, holds everything I do there. Mm. So that's where you can find out. And I've the apprenticeship. When we've just started, <laughs> I've already had two applications for last year. So that's online training. So there's a wave. There's a wave of women who are really ready. <laughs> ready yeah. to join in, yeah. But in person, in person, I work from Glastonbury in Somerset, and they're twice a month seeing clients and doing different teachings for therapists, and also from my healing space here on mm. Exmoor.
1: Beautiful, yeah, amazing. So, thank you, Angie, for this amazing th- talk, and um, yeah, sending you much love
0: yeah oh, thank you so much sarah and yeah. have a wonderful rest of your day yeah. Bless to be everyone
1: hi my dear this concludes the end of this episode how was it for you i hope it has brought you inspiration and activation for your body and soul and if you feel this episode is something a friend or a loved one should hear do pass it along. This is deeply loved and felt by me. So thank you, thank you, thank you, baby. <laughs> if you feel the pull to work deeper with me, come and say hi through Instagram, or you can find me at Dusarah, that is D-O-U-S dot S-A-R-A-H. Or check out my offers on my website, duspardus.com That is D-O-U-S-P-A-R-D-O-U-S dot com. And for now, I wish you so, so much cyclical bliss. Deep love, Sarah.